Hey, is anyone excited that school's out for the summer? Come on, come on, come on. So congrats to all you graduating into the next year or literally graduating high school and uh, you fought through it. Way to go. Way to, way to stay in there and fight. And uh, that's what we're going to be talking about today is the idea of daring to fight as we continue in our series, Truth and Dare. And so I wanted to just, I want you to be honest with me. I want to, when you think about fighting, if someone were to dare you to get into a ring, would you actually take the dare? And I I wanted to give you a few scenarios of rings that you could uh, get into. So the first one is someone dared you to hop in this ring, would you do it? I mean, these guys are crazy. I mean, I don't even know, like, what's going on, okay? That's insane. Uh, okay, what about this one? Would, would you ever get in this ring? Come on. Yo, Adrian. You know what I mean? Just feeling that. Okay, last but not least, would you get in this ring? Hogan. I am a real American. I mean, I will never forget watching this as a kid. I mean, slamming Andre the Giant. I mean, just, I mean, I thought it was real back then. I loved it. I love Hulk Hogan, Macho Man, Randy Savage, you know, just, oh, I just, Jake, I mean, I just could go on. But but today, uh, we're talking about not this kind of a ring. We're talking about a ring that you stepped into when you woke up this morning. And sometimes we forget about this, but you were literally in a ring every stinking day that you live. And it's not necessarily a physical battle, it's a spiritual battle that's really, really real. And that's what we're going to be talking about today. For those of you watching online, we're so glad that you're joining with us. For those of you in the room that are, uh, your heart language is Spanish, we're so glad that you're joining us. Just so you know, every 1115 service we always have uh, this being translated live in earpieces that people can take. And so we're so glad that you are here as well. But we're talking about this spiritual battle that is real, that we step into this ring. And don't just take it from me. Take it from God's truth. We'll see in Ephesians chapter 6. Listen to what it says. For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. This is real. This isn't just made up. This isn't just... This is a real intense battle that is constantly happening all around us. And like it says, it's unseen. Sometimes you can't see it. Sometimes you see it. But a lot of times you just feel it. And there's literally the effects. Now, where did this all come from and how did this all start? I'm glad you asked. Let me tell you. Let me show you. Uh, it, it, it talks about it in Revelations chapter 12, verses 7 through 9. It says, Then there was war in heaven. A war broke out in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon and his angels. Michael is the chief angel of all the angels. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon and his angels. So the enemy, the demon, Satan, he's got angels. And the dragon lost the battle. And he and his angels were forced out of heaven. This great dragon, the ancient serpent called the devil or Satan. You've heard of that, right? The one deceiving the whole world was thrown down to the earth with all of his angels. And voila. Welcome to chaos. And that's what we're living in. We're living in this spiritual tension between the enemy's agents, his angels, and the spiritual force of good and light, Jesus, and he's got his agents too for us as well as we will see. And so here's the goal. 
The goal, whether you're a Jesus follower in the room today or not, here's the goal. The goal is that all of us would tap into some weapons that we're going to see in this text today in Daniel chapter 10 to help us fight this real battle. Because if you didn't know the spiritual battle, the whole goal, the enemy just wants to take you down. The enemy wants to destroy you. The enemy wants to deflate you. He wants to bury you. And so what do we do about it? And we're going to get some great tips and tactics of how to fight. And so that's our goal today. But before we do, I want to pray for us before we dive into God's truth. And then we'll pray. So Heavenly Father, thank you for being the perfection of the word Father that we can lean into. Um, Uh, Being Father's Day, uh, seeing my dad here in the room today, God, thank you for the great dad that I have, Um, just a great role model uh, throughout my life, and so I'm so thankful and blessed to have that. I also just want to pause and lift up those in the room where today's a little tough because the day is the first dad's day without dad, and so I ask that you would overwhelm families here in the room that are walking through this tough day today, that you give them your peace that you say that you give us that surpasses all understanding. And I ask that you would overwhelm them with that peace today. As we go through your word today, God, I just thank you for it. Thank you that it shapens and sharpens us. Thank you that I get the chance to do this. Sometimes I can't believe I get to do this, but thank you for the privilege it is to, 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 to teach your amazing, alive and living word. Help us to be open to it. Help us not to miss it, uh, what you would have for us. Uh, control my pace as I communicate. And we pray this in the power of your son's name. And everyone shouted, amen. amen. So, hey, uh, if you have a copy of the scriptures, please get that. Also, grab your Daniel journal. Grab a journal. Write things down as we've been talking about the importance so you don't forget it. It's so important to write it down. Now, listen, if you're just here for the first time and you're thinking, okay, what, we're in the middle of this book, Daniel. We've only got one more week next week. Uh, but this, this whole book has just... You know, you might feel like, well, I'm going to be lost today. Don't, don't worry. You might be lost just a little, uh, but I, I'll, I'll try to help you. But this, this um, whole book has just been insane with amazing historical events, real historical events that have taken place. It's, it's filled with prophecies that were literally have, that have come into fruition by the detail. Uh, kings, good and evil kings, were, were given these visions and then uh, were interpreted by Daniel. And then Daniel was given visions. Uh, And then God interpreted those visions for him. And so today we're going to see the fourth and final vision that God gives Daniel. And then the whole vision is going to be explained in chapters 11 and 12, where we'll end next week in our journey through the book of Daniel. And so that's where we start. That's where we pick up uh, this time period that we're going to be in today is around 536 B.C. We'll be in Daniel chapter 10, starting in verse 1. So here we go. Uh, Let's kick it off. It says this. In the third year of Cyrus, king of Persia, a word was revealed to Daniel, who was named Belshazzar. And the word was true. And it was a great conflict. And he understood the word and had understanding of the vision. Now, in those days, I, Daniel, was mourning for three weeks. I ate no delicacies, no meat or wine entered my mouth, nor did I anoint myself at all for the full three weeks. So what's going on with Daniel? I mean, he's pretty sad right now. He's mourning, not for three minutes, not for three days, but for three weeks. When was the last time you mourned and wept for three weeks? You know, so something's going on. What in the world is going on with Daniel? Now, most likely, the reason why Daniel's mourning, we get a tip from God's word 
And, and, and how we can know this is literally by these first six words that we see here in the third year of Cyrus. This king of Cyrus, King Cyrus of Persia, he is the king that God used to release the Israelites from captivity. Uh, in this story, in the book of Daniel, the Israelites were held in captivity for 70 years. And Daniel, through all the journey that he went on, through all the ups and downs, was praying and waiting and longing for God to finally let the people go back to the temple, go back to Jerusalem. And so Cyrus was the king that said, okay, you can go. You're free to go. Freedom. I mean, here we go. But So why in the world would Daniel be crying? Well, we get more insight on this in the book of, um, in, in the book of uh, where am I at here? In the book of... Ezra. There we go. I was going to say Esther. I'm like, it's not Esther. It's Ezra. In the book of Ezra, in chapter 2, we see this taking place. Uh, We read historically how when when um, King Cyrus allowed the Israelites to head out, it says that just shy of 50,000 Israelites actually left. The majority of them stayed. They didn't want to go. For many different reasons, probably. Maybe they were comfortable. Maybe they were paganized. I mean, after 70 years of brainwashing, after 70 years like establishing your house and where you're at and your family, why do I want to pick up and go to the unknown of maybe a place that I've never seen before or it's been 70 years? I don't know if I want to go back there anymore. Not to mention the people that actually went to Jerusalem as they were taking seven months to start kind of taking off all the rubble from the destruction of the temple, their work was opposed and was stopped. And so here's Daniel thinking, I've prayed and, and, and wondered and, and just, just longed and asked and just that, that, that this day would finally come. And after 70 years, this isn't what I was planning. This isn't what I was expecting. This wasn't working out exactly the way that I intended. And maybe some of you can relate with that. You wanted God to show off in a really powerful way in your life, and it didn't come at the time that you wanted it to come, or when it finally came, it didn't come the way that you actually wanted it to happen. But I think this is a great reminder for us to remember that God is never late. He's always on time. Say that to the person next to you. God is on time. He's never late. Always on time. Always on time. And as we know, historically, it shows us that eventually the temple of the, the rebuilding of the temple did take place just a few years later, and then it wrapped up and was finished in 515 B.C., reminding us that God is never late in accomplishing his task or his will. This shows us that there was this spiritual battle literally taking place. There was this resistance. There was this opposition. And what does Daniel do? We see that as Daniel is fighting this spiritual warfare, this spiritual battle, he's fighting it on his knees. He's abstaining and he's fasting. And so one of the key things to help us when it comes to standing up and fighting against the spiritual warfare around us is by our abstaining. If you're taking notes, write that down. By our abstaining. I'm going to give you three A's. By our abstaining. And so today when we're talking about abstaining, we're saying abstaining from our flesh, the concept of fasting. Fasting is this concept of of saying no to something for a period of time to get aligned with God's time. That's what fasting is. It's simply saying no to something for a period of time so that you can get aligned with God's time. To help us be still, to help us hear from God, where something might seem 
fuzzy or foggy or just unclear in your life, when there's something big about to happen, you just want to be ready, you want to be focused to get in sync with what he's about to do. Uh, every, I started a tradition uh, years ago, seven years ago, when we would start a church that I would take that church planter away for a 24-hour fasting retreat. Just take him away, we grab God's word, and we just pray and we don't eat. And then we break the fast after the 24 hours and we have lunch together. And we do it because we know the spiritual warfare that's going to come within the church plant. But we also do it because we know God's going to show off in powerful ways. And we just want to get aligned and be ready and just give God glory and just get in sync with what he is doing. Fasting is important. It should never be something that you brag about. It should be never something that you're, you're forcing on someone or being forced yourself. It should always be done voluntarily. It can be done with food. It can be done with... Um, uh, saying no to a hobby. It could be done with social media. It could be done with so many different things. But it's getting yourself in a situation to clear out the noise, to get a focused time and encounter with God. And so here's a question. When was the last time that you purposely fasted for something? When was the last time? That you purposely fasted to seek God's face in an area over your life that you wanted to see him do. Maybe you've never fasted before. Maybe this is a trigger and a point to say, okay, maybe I need to try that. Maybe I need to do that. Maybe you're not a Jesus follower today and you're still exploring. Maybe this is a sign that you should fast so that you can hear from God to clear out the noise. I mean, don't you want to hear from God? Maybe that's why you're here. Well, maybe this could be something that God's telling you to set a time, to set a date, to set that thing so that you can get aligned and hear from God in a specific way. And here's the deal. If Moses fasted, if Daniel fasted, if Paul fasted, and Jesus fasted, then I think we should fast too. Dad's in the room. Have you ever taken the time to fast over something for your spouse? Something specifically in their life? Or dads, have you ever taken the time to to fast over something specifically for your children? Maybe some of your children are graduating and they're heading into the next. And it's a whole new phase. Have you thought or considered maybe having a specific time to just fast specifically over their next phase that they're walking into? May we be dads that take fasting seriously to encounter God in a very, very specific way. If you don't set a time, if you don't set a date, you'll never do it. And so I encourage you, do it, do it. And that helps you fight against the spiritual warfare that is all around us. So three days after the fast, literally three days after he's seeking the face of God, here's what happens. He continues. On the 24th day of the first month, I was standing on the bank of the great river, that is the Tigris. And I lifted up my eyes and looked, and behold, a man clothed in linen with a belt of fine gold from Upaz around his waist. His body was like burl, his face like the appearance of lightning, his eyes like flaming torches, his arms and legs like the gleam of burnished bronze, and the sound of his words like the sound of a multitude. And I, Daniel, alone saw the vision for the men who were with me, did not see the vision, but a great trembling fell upon them, and they fled to hide themselves. So I was left alone, and I saw this great vision, and no strength was left me. My radiant appearance was fearfully changed and I retained no strength. 
Then I heard the sound of his words, and as I heard the sound of his words, I fell on my face in deep sleep with my face to the ground. We know by the reverence in which he is speaking that here Daniel is again meeting the pre-incarnate Christ. This is insane. Here he is getting to see and be in the presence of Jesus himself. And, 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 and notice, I want you, here he is in, in, his, in his 80s, and he's overwhelmed by this, but I, I want you to hear another description of, of John in Revelation describing his meeting with Jesus post-resurrection. Notice the similarities. This is amazing, okay? And standing in the middle of the lampstands was something like the Son of Man. He was wearing a long robe with a gold sash across his chest. His head and his hair were white like wool there, as white as snow. And his eyes were like flames of fire. There they are. His feet were like polished bronze refined in a furnace. And his voice thundered like mighty ocean waves. See the familiar? See the similarity? See the connection? So Daniel's seeing the pre-incarnate Jesus and John was seeing the post-resurrected Jesus. Jesus was giving Daniel an inside scoop of who's in charge, who was the commander of heaven's armies, reminding us that we can dare to fight the spiritual warfare by our advocate, not only by our abstaining, uh, holding back our flesh and leaning into our Savior, but we can fight the spiritual warfare by our advocate that is in us. Write that down, by our advocate who is in us. Jesus is our advocate. Say that with me. Jesus is our advocate. That's right. He's the one who stands for us, the one who goes before us, the one that literally fights for us. And so when problems come and when we're attacked, a lot of times we forget this. Because we want to fight for us. Oftentimes it's like, I got this. Turn to the person next to you and say, I got this. I got this. We do this all the time. And I don't know what you're walking into the room with, but some of you in the room, you're walking into the room with some type of issue or some type of problem. Maybe it's in your business. So how is this thing going to get solved? Don't worry, I got this. Or, or maybe there's a relational tension and it's just like oh, with your spouse or maybe with a friend or with a kid or whatever it is. And it's like, okay, I'm going to figure this out. I'm going to navigate this. I got this. Or, or, or maybe people are attacking you and your character or they're blaming you for something or, or um, trying to say that you did something and accusing you of something that you didn't even do. And they're trying to just bash your character. Newsflash, that's going to happen. Especially Jesus follower, that's going to happen to you because the enemy literally wants to smear your character and just push it down. And in those moments, we want to say we want to be Superman. We want to be Wonder Woman. I'm in the same way. Like, I got this. I'm going to figure this out. But oftentimes I've learned in my life that then I start to act out of the flesh and I want to try to prove my point. And then out of my flesh, instead of me being slow to speak and quick to listen, then I'm fast to anger and then they're getting the best of me. But the more and more that I back up and I remember the advocate that is in me, the more that I lean into the advocate that is in me, then the more that I react like my advocate, Jesus. And it's not easy to do, but it's so important for us to step back. It reminds me of 1 John 4.4. 4. I love this. If you've never heard this before, you should get this verse memorized. Many of you have this memorized, but, but you, you belong to God, my dear children. You have already won a victory over those people because the spirit who lives in you is greater than the spirit who lives in the world. And remember, the greater is not you or you or you or me. 
that can overcome the spirit of the world. It's the spirit of the one living in you that is greater. And so for us to constantly have the strength to let go and know that when I'm facing this problem, when I'm facing this tension, when I'm facing whatever you are facing today, you can lean in and know that you have one standing for you. And that doesn't mean we just don't do anything, but that means that we're leaning into him. And as we lean into him, it's like, look out. Look out. Real strength is not from the power of self-exertion, but from the power of self-surrender, yielding to God who strengthens those who acknowledge their weakness and dependence on him. Philippians 4, 13, for I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. Maybe you need to hear this today, and this is all you need to hear from whatever problem you're facing where it's wearing you out. Maybe you just need to hear God telling you, relax, I got this. Maybe if you could just get that in your brain, get that going through your pathways in your brain, that relax, I got this. God's speaking to you. See the bell? See, it's like, that's just like, he's got this. He's letting you know you're in the ring. Thank you. That, that wasn't planned. Jesus, Jesus has this. He's got this. Okay, so now check this out. So then Gabriel comes on the scene. The angel Gabriel comes on the scene. So, and behold, a hand touched me. So he just experiences Jesus. And then he's so overwhelmed by this. Then here comes the angel Gabriel. And a hand touched me and set me trembling on my hands and knees. And he said to me, so this is what he said to him. Oh, Daniel, man greatly loved, understand the words that I speak to you and stand upright. For now I have been sent to you. And when he had spoken this word to me, I stood up trembling. Then he said to me, fear not, Daniel, for from the first day that you set your heart to understand and humbled yourself before your God. Can we just notice that for a second? This is Daniel. I mean, think about all the things that God has done and accomplished in Daniel's life. He could have gotten proud. But notice this, like, this humility that's just radiating off of him, setting his heart and humbling himself. Your words have been heard, and I have come because of your words. The prince of the king of, kingdom of Persia withstood me 21 days. But Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me, for I was left there with the kings of Persia and came to make you understand what is to happen to your people in the latter days for the vision for days yet to come. And so the vision of Christ had passed, and now this interpreting angel enters the scene. And so we see one of the strangest things in Scripture unfolding here in verse 13. Here we see that Gabriel's on his way to Daniel with the message from heaven, but he's delayed by the prince of Persia, one of Satan's demons. And so then finally, Michael has to come in and help Gabriel, as Michael's overseeing Israel at this time, comes to the aid of the angel Gabriel. We see this spiritual warfare trying to take control of the Persian Empire, the rulers of the Persian Empire. So this is just... This, you know, this, this is this back-end stuff of all this behind-the-scenes stuff happening, trying to take the influence of the highly influential power at that time, Persia, the political rulers being swayed by Satan's demons, and then you got this angelic, demonic force just going at it. It's unbelievable. But what does this remind us, and what does this show us? This shows us that as we fight the spiritual warfare, we not only fight it by knowing about the advocate that we have in us, 
but we fight it because we know about the angels that are surrounding us. It's not only about, we not only fight the spiritual warfare by the advocate who's in us, but we fight because we know we've got angels literally surrounding us. We have angels among us, which always reminds me of, the, remember this? I believe there are angels among us sent down to us from somewhere up above. No one? Some? They come to you and me in our darkest hour to show us how to live, to teach us how to give, to guide us with the light of love. Okay, listen, last service, no one had any idea what I was talking about. Way to go. That's Alabama, classic, country. Anyways, look it up. Always like that song. Okay, where am I? Um, okay, angels. I got to be honest. As I was preparing this a month ago, I just, I don't really think about angels. I just don't. And then I just went on this journey of studying angels and not that I, I know that they've existed and I know that they were there, but I just didn't realize the, just the power in the scripture, it talks about angels over 300 different times. Let me read you. Hebrews 1.14 says, Therefore, angels are only servants, spirits sent to care for people who will inherit salvation. Angels are not to be worshipped. They're not to be glorified. We, we worship and glorify the one who sends us his angels. They come in many different forms. They come in many different ways. And when we go to heaven someday, I think we're going to be blown away by all the acts of the caring, protective acts that angels have had upon your life. I think it's going to blow our minds that God has used these angel agents to surround us and to help us as we go through everything. But not to mention that, there's also Satan's angels, his agents, his demons that are surrounding us, literally trying to take us down, destroy us, and deflate us in any possible way that he can. It's real. And that feeling and that fight that you sometimes feel, that's what's happening behind the scenes, coming after you. And I was thinking about it this week. I was talking to a few people in our, in our church that are just struggling with that temptation that they just keep going back to. It just haunts them. And I don't know what you're struggling with. But we, as we began to talk, it just this thought came into my mind. And I just wanted to flesh this out with you guys. That... When you feel the thought and the temptation to go back to, you know, take another hit or take another drink or go back to the casino or go back to the computer for pornography or um, skip another meal or grab the blade to make a cut. When that is taking place in those moments, as I, I talked with this individual, I said, I want you to picture that when those moments come, there's literally one of Satan's agents pulling up a chair, sitting down, getting comfortable, grabbing some popcorn and say, let the show begin. That's what's happening almost. Like literally the enemy wants to binge watch your life as you destroy it and harm it. 
And so the next time you're picking up whatever thing you're picking up and you're going to harm yourself or whatever it is, know that the only one you're entertaining besides yourself is one of Satan's agents who's after you. Maybe that can help your mind shift from going back there again to shake you out of it. I don't want to entertain that. And then shift your mind instead of saying, I don't want to entertain that, but I want to entertain not one angel, but the angels that are surrounding you. Do you know that the moment that you put your life in Jesus, man, so much happens. You get his advocate, the spirit living inside of you. You get his grace gifts that he gives you. And then you've got an entourage of angels surrounding you. Turn to the person next to you and say, I got an entourage of angels. I know that's hard to say. Now say it again to them and say, you got an entourage of angels. Come on. As we fight the spiritual battle around us, you not only have the advocate inside of you, but you've got an entourage of angels surrounding you. May we remember that as we go through what we go through. Matthew 18.10 says this, See that you do not despise one of these little ones, for I tell you that in heaven their angels always see the face of my Father who is in heaven. Let that be a confidence booster for you. You've got an entourage of angels. So when you feel alone, when you feel like it's too much, when you feel like you want to give up, when you feel insecure, when you're vulnerable, Maybe as a parent, as a mom or a dad, when you're letting the kids go and fly and watching them make their mistakes and it's really hard and it's giving you anxiety, remember they got angels watching over them too. Don't forget the entourage of angels. Lean into them and thank God for them as he provides them for us. We'll close out with the rest of the text. It says this. When he had spoken to me according to these words, I turned my face towards the ground and was mute. And behold, one in the likeness of the children of man touched my lips, and then I opened my mouth and spoke, and I said to him who stood before me, O my Lord, my reason of the vision, pains have come upon me, and I retain no strength. How can my Lord's servant talk with my Lord? For now no strength remains in me, and no breath is left in me. Again, one having the appearance of a man touched me and strengthened me, and he said, O man greatly loved, fear not. Peace be with you. Be strong and of good courage. And as he spoke to me, I was strengthened and said, Let my Lord speak, for you have strengthened me. Then he said, Do you know why I've come to you? But now I will return to fight against the prince of Persia. And when I go out, behold, the prince of Greece will come. Prophecy happened. But I will tell you what is inscribed in the book of truth. There is none who contends by my side against these except Michael, your prince. There's so much here. So much, but I wanted to go back to here. O man greatly loved, fear not, peace be with you, be strong and of good courage. Would you say this with me? O man greatly loved, fear not, peace be with you, be strong and of good courage. He's talking about Daniel, how he is greatly loved. But maybe you don't know this, and maybe this is the only thing you need to hear today. Not only is Daniel greatly loved, but you are greatly loved. You are so greatly loved by the king of the universe. So much so 
that for God so greatly loved you that he gave his one and only son, Jesus. For God so greatly loved you that he gave his one and only son, Jesus. And because he gave his one and only son, Jesus, when we receive Jesus as our Savior, say this with me. Fear not. One more time. Because God so greatly loved you and gave his son Jesus, you don't need to fear. May peace be with you, be strong and of good courage, and you can dare to fight, but only because of Jesus. And you're so greatly loved, and you wanna know why I know that you're so greatly loved? Because here's the greatest example of how you are so greatly loved. John 15, 13 says this, greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friend. So God so greatly loved you that he sent his one and only son, Jesus, but he didn't just come. He came with a purpose and a mission. And that purpose and mission was to save all of us from ourselves, to save us from this spiritual battle that is happening all around us. The enemy is trying to take you down and steal you from heaven. He wants to rob you from heaven. And the thing that will rob you from heaven is your sin. We all have it, we all miss the mark, we've all fallen short, and he wants to rob you from it. But that's why he came, and that's why Jesus died on the cross, and he paid the penalty for your sin so that you didn't have to pay for it. And not only did he die, but then he conquered death three days later, proving that he was God and he rose from the dead. It's unbelievable. There's so much evidence, it's just crazy. And then Jesus made it very, very clear he says that all who call upon me as their savior, as their king, and put their belief and trust in me, that they'll be saved. And in that moment, like I've already explained, you get the advocate to help you in the spiritual battle. You get the gifts that help you in the battle. And you get an entourage of angels that surround you to help you in the battle. Do you have that? Do you have those weapons? Jesus follower, are you leaning into those weapons? Keep leaning into them. Maybe you've been neglecting one of them. Maybe you've been dismissing it. Lean into them. He's given us the ability to abstain from things, to really connect with him, to hear from our God. I mean, how amazing is that? That we have a, it's not a, this, is, this transcript isn't a one-way conversation. It's two ways. He wants to communicate to us. It's unbelievable. But maybe if you're honest, you're in the room today and you have not tapped into that. You have not tapped into the idea of allowing Jesus to help you in the spiritual battle. If you grab onto Jesus, you win. If you don't grab onto Jesus, you lose. You lose big time, not only here on earth, but for your eternity. But it doesn't have to be that way. You just have to humble yourself and get to the point to say, you know what, I can't win this battle on my own. And this spiritual battle that I keep facing all through my life, I'm tired and I'm exhausted. And you should be. Grab onto Jesus, it's the only answer. And if you haven't, I wanna give you that opportunity right now. And so I'm just gonna ask you to just close your eyes and bow your heads with me. And if that's you, if you just say, Travis, I've never gotten to the point to grab onto Jesus to be my advocate. 
I don't understand it all, but today I wanna grab onto Jesus. And I'm gonna ask you to just say a prayer, not just with your words, but more importantly, with your heart. Make it your own. Just say something like this. Just say, Father, I'm done trying to fight this battle alone. I'm done. I'm grabbing onto you, Jesus, my advocate, my helper. And then just say, forgive me. You know I'm a mess. Forgive me for it all. And then just thank him. Just say, thank you for forgiving me. Thank you for dying for me. Thank you for rising again for me. And then just in a humble, just act of surrender, just say right now, I receive you, Jesus, to be my king. Just say that. I receive you, Jesus, to be my king. As we continue to pray, my friend, if you really meant that, no more fear. No need to fear. Be strong. Let his peace overwhelm you. Be courageous. You'll no longer perish. The spiritual enemy, yes, he'll attack you, but now you know who wins. You win because you have Jesus. And your life starts now and it lasts forever. Heavenly Father, thank you for the gift of knowing you. Thank you for giving us tools to fight against this crazy, crazy, crazy enemy. Thank you for being our advocate. Thank you for the entourage of angels that surround us to fight. We love you and we pray this in your son's name. Amen. Can we join with the angels that are praising and celebrating? Those of you that put your faith in Jesus for the first time, that's what it says. That when someone puts their faith in Jesus, that there's a chorus of thousands upon thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of angels just celebrating what you've done. And so if you're watching online and uh, I want to I I challenge you to please tell someone about your decision or you can text the word there on the screen. It says text 94,000 because we want to celebrate with you. For those of you in the room, man, please let one of us know you can text or just go by the connect table so we can celebrate this amazing life-changing decision that you've made for your life.